We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He is Robbie Hummel, and uh, we've got Sweet 16 matchups. Rob, we got them, and they're not what we thought they'd be. That's for damn sure. I mean, like, no. How's your bracket look? Uh, probably about as good as your Big Ten looks. Well, we had the same bracket, so it looks terrible both ways. We did have the same. We had the same Final Four. Uh, we didn't have the same Sweet, sweet 16. True. But uh, let, let's start with with um, the funeral of, of your Big Ten. Because it is your Big Ten. I mean, let's face it. Like you are Harry well, Big Ten. I've been I've been a champion of the league the whole year, and uh, you, yeah. The thing that's crazy though, Jeff, is I don't you have a good. You know, mix- you know oh, what yeah. I got to do though? Yeah, I got to. I got to. Yeah, yeah. I must do that. For the you. thing about the Big Ten though is that I don't. I feel like I don't have a good explanation for why this happened. Oh, other than all right, like with COVID, non-conference got chopped. For the most part, you played in like yeah. some teams played in their Thanksgiving event. You had a couple, but we didn't get like the the typical non conference slates. We didn't get those matchups against other Power Five leagues. And because the Big Ten was so good the previous year, we just assumed. But like from watching these teams, like seeing Michigan, seeing Illinois, watching Purdue at times, seeing Ohio State for most of the year, it was like, man, they're good. And I feel like I have a pretty good eye for that just because of, like, you know, watching so much college basketball over the last 10 years. But other than that, I, I don't have an explanation. Other than the league just totally crapped the, the bed. They just shipped the bed at the end when it mattered most, like they have in the past. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's that. I mean, there, there are several kind of um, thoughts on it, right? Like, one is they beat up on each other. That's almost too easy. I, don't right? I mean, I feel like that's a cop-out. Sharp, sharpens iron. I, I really don't buy right. into it. Right. I'm with you. I, I think the other one might be uh, there was too much jammed in to the end of the season with a lot of these teams playing a ton of games. But Michigan did it too. Now, Michigan had a long pause where they might have been able to kind of get their legs back and, like, they're fresher once they get back from that pause, completely get back. I, I don't know. Or they're just more talented. They're, they're the best – they're the highest talented team in the Big Ten. And they're playing without one of the players. I, I don't think that either. I, I have no idea. I, I really don't. 
It does not make just here, here. All right. Here's my, my, my thought on it. Here's my thought. Ready? Hear me out. A team like Wisconsin, for example, was so good in December. Okay. The end of November and December. Why? You and I talked about this. They had everybody back. Right. And, and I was sticking my chest out early saying, look, I'm right. I had them like ranked preseason number six. Did they lose to Marquette in like December? They did. They had one loss, but but for the most part, I think they were like nine and one. Okay, so they they started out well because they had most of their team back. I, I think that was the case with a lot of the Big Ten teams. They had a lot back. They started out well, and and frankly, you you make your your the opinion on your league is set in the non conference, obviously, right? Like that's when it's determined whether you're going to get nine teams in or four teams in. And the Big Ten did well early. And then we had, like, Northwestern was good for a minute. Um, you know, Penn State had good numbers that helped them. You know, like Ken Palm, they were, like, in the mid-30s. So I, I just feel like, again, their numbers were so good because of the, the non-conference. And then because you looked at Ken Palm and the net and whatever. And, and, again, they were good, but they weren't, like, that much better. There are only a few teams that are that much better than everybody else this year. That's true. But, like, the, the baffling thing is to watch Illinois, who's been so explosive all year, run into Loyola Chicago, who's a really well-coached team, an experienced team, a, a good team. But to look like that, when we've seen them play at such a high level against, like, Michigan and Ohio State and Purdue, and it's like – Yeah, what, what happened? Yeah, I, listen – I would say I would say it was a matchup issue with Illinois. Like yeah. I'm not sure if it was a matchup issue with some of these other Big Ten schools, but it was clearly like Kofi and Cam like Kofi in his nightmares now sees Cam Crowley. Like seriously, like it was it was hard. It was hard to watch in person. Okay, so I hadn't seen Kofi since last year in person, and watching him, and honestly watching how slow. He is. It, it was it was remarkable to me. Like I thought, Brad Underwood had to pull him out of the game, and he didn't. You know, he just he went with what got him there. I get it. Kofi had gotten better the second half of the year defensively, but that matchup was brutal for him. I mean, he was abused in every way, and they kept dropping him. And every time they just took advantage, like the dribble handoff every time. Right. Okay, so Illinois bad matchup, Purdue. I did the game. Yeah, never felt like Purdue was going to win. <laughs> you know, like how crazy is that? I never felt like with the way they had two they players played. who played, they had two guys who showed up. No, I, I mean they were and North North Texas had a really good game plan. They packed it in. They they made him prove it from three. Sash Stefanovic struggled defensively, so he he didn't play in the second half. And I I think it was the right move. He he could not guard those guys in that pick and roll. They were going honestly. It was a really good coaching play. They just went guard to guard ball screen and let Javion Hamlet just go to work. Um, I mean I don't think that was a great matchup for Purdue because of their style of play, where they're just going to grind you out and they've got a point guard who can pick you apart and they had shooters spread out everywhere and. And credit North Texas, they had a game plan that they were going to trap those bigs, and they made them look so uncomfortable. I mean, it is it is what it is, but I, I just – I don't feel like I have a great answer. Some of them, yes, like Iowa-Oregon, 
horrific matchup for Iowa. I, I just feel like, you know, it makes sense. They're, they're on pace to give up 120 points at halftime. And that's how explosive Oregon is, and those guards can go. But it wasn't all bad matchups. Some of us no. just are performing, not playing as well as they can, and, and really just not playing well at all. So what, what's your biggest takeaway? If I said to you, other than the Big Ten sucking, um, what would be your biggest takeaway so far? I think it's just got to be like the chaos of the first two days is, is unheard of for this tournament. You know, I, I was, I did the games with, with Jason Benetti for Westwood one, and we were like, through our first three games, now we got two turds last night, but yeah. our first, I, I saw them too. I was there. I was like, we got North Texas Purdue on Friday. We had UC Santa Barbara Creighton, which came down to a missed layup to win the game for Creighton. And we had, um, Abilene Christian in, in Texas. And it was like, I'm, we might have had three of the four, other than the Oral Roberts Ohio State game. I think we had three of the four best games of the first, yeah. the first round. And you know the basketball guys repaid us last night with USC Kansas and and. Oh, but they're awful. But yeah, it, it was a, a wild first two days. It was really fun to watch, but I I wonder if it's going to hurt the tournament going forward because now when you look at some of these matchups, you're like, ooh. Yeah, they're a little underwhelming. A little underwhelming. Um, All right, so biggest surprise? I mean, for me, it's got to be Oral Roberts. I mean, it's kind of an easy one. A number 15, only the second ever number 15 to to go to the Sweet 16, besides Dunk City, uh, Florida Gulf Coast. Um, I mean, they got two good players, though. Like, they got two dudes, and they they both – like, I worry about against Arkansas if one of them doesn't have their A game. Like, can they win? No. But they've had, they both had their A games each of those first two days, and it's allowed them, honestly, to, to come up with two huge upset wins. Um, I, I want to get from you beyond your, your biggest surprise. I, you know, I think a lot of people probably want to know from us, we're both in the bubble. Like, we're not in the bubble, but we're both there. We're both there at all these games. And what's it like for you? What's it like for you, Rob? I will start – First, my biggest surprise, I, I think you hit it on the head, but I'm going to go Abilene Christian, Texas, because I didn't think Abilene Christian played good. They played good defensively, but they shot 29% from the field and 16% from three. And usually if you're going to upset a team, you have got to have it going from the three-point line. There's got to be – and they did it in such a non-traditional way of turning Texas over at the highest level and crushing them on the glass when they are so undersized compared to those those Texas bigs. That that was a wild game. It was also a horrifically officiated game. Um, it was no. not. We missed Teddy Valentine. <laughs> we, we, the, we do. He's going to be you know he's going to be doing a JUCO game soon. So I love you. see him there. Um, as for the atmosphere, you know, I was at Lucas Oil the first yep. two days, and I was at Hinkle last night. The Purdue North Texas game was a phenomenal atmosphere because there was so many Purdue fans for that game. I, I don't know what the numbers were, but it was like – and I, I always do this when I'm, when I'm calling games. I will always, when it gets loud, take my headset and just kind of give a peek to hear what it sounds like. Because sometimes, yep. when, you know, Allen Fieldhouse or Mackey or Assembly Hall in, in Bloomington, you'll take that off and you'll be like, man, like my headset's not doing justice to how loud this is. Right. 
And with the Purdue game, for the first time all year, because I've been doing games from home for the most part, I did that, and I was like, man, like there is an environment in here. And that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, Travion Williams gets that and one dunk, and it, I, I did it, and it was like there is some juice in this yeah. building, and it's yep. a big place. Is. It, it is cavernous. I mean, it is enormous. Um, the other games, the crowds weren't as, you know, concentrated because they – you can't be. You're not. You're not going to fly in from Austin or, or Abilene or, or some of these. I don't places. think tickets are that much, Rob. I think tickets are like uh, maybe fifty bucks. Went for eighty five or hundred bucks a pop, and they went to the Purdue game, and that was buying it on the secondary market. After kind of, they weren't outrageous, and, and Purdue, I'm sure, got driven up because there was a demand just from being close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, it's not the same. But there's you've been to NCAA tournaments before where. You know, I'll use this as an example. My fifth year, we played St. Mary's in Omaha. And it was the first game of the session. So there weren't that many. You've been to those games. There's oh, like I sure have. Really bad atmospheres in the NCAA tournament some of the early rounds. Yes. Now, we turn around, we get Kansas in Omaha. You go from playing an AAU game to, like, the world of a basketball. It's, it's amazing how it can change so fast. But I thought, you know, considering we haven't had crowds – I thought that Hinkle was pretty good last night, and Lucas Oil was was great for the Purdue game, and I would say solid for the others. Better than we've had, obviously. We, but I've been at all the, the venues other than I didn't go to Bloomington, and Bloomington's only got like 500 fans, so I'm assuming the, the, it sucked there. But I started at Purdue, and I was shocked because it was only like 9%. They don't, you know, not every place you can do up to 25 overall, but each venue is different. And Purdue's was like 9%. So I was just blown away by how dead it, it seemed. And, you know, to me, the best one's clearly Hinkle because it's the smallest. It's got the best feel to it. And uh, and I don't know what the number is, but it, feel, it felt like it was probably, you know, somewhere around 15, 20%. Um, you know, like I thought Banker's life was terrible. It's just too big. Uh, you know, in the future, if they ever did this again, which I actually hope they do, because be I cool. love be with fans. I love the fact that you have all sixty-eight teams here. I don't know how you could do it with the hotels. I don't think there are enough hotels in the area to be able to pull it off, but it'd be fun. Is there a city that you could do it at that has Vegas. the gym? Vegas? Vegas. Oh, that would be sick! Right, right. That- I mean, let, let's do it. Gambling aspect is less. Yeah. <laughs> you could do they it. They got pro teams there. There's pro teams right there now. So, like, you, you, I don't, I don't think the NCAA is anywhere close to being able to do that. But we may not have an NCAA in ten years. So um, maybe we just set it in Vegas. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Certainly won't have an NCAA, Rob. If uh, if the weight room, uh, the women's weight room, uh, keeps, you know, ever keeps screwing things up like he does. That was despicable. I mean that that is worse. The, the women's weight room was worse than like the Ramada Inn. What hotel are you in right now? The weight room there yeah, is Residence the, Inn. Residence Inn has a better weight than what oh. they get. Yes. The crazy part about it is they probably could have gotten all the equipment for free. They would have just had to pay for labor, and they still didn't do it. And then they put a statement out saying there's not enough space, and some <laughs> of the female players are like, "Look at this." I mean, right, right. Well, how dumb do you think these people are? Like, what what are you doing? The NCAA 
you just, you know, it just amazes me at how stupid they, they are at some of the stuff they do. That is a no brainer. He, from so many levels, optics, what's right. I mean, even if you don't believe in what's right, which shame on you if you don't, the, the optics of that look so bad. And everybody has a camera on their phone and everybody has a Twitter account. Yep. And fans yep. follow the players. So the second that goes out, that is viral. I mean, how did someone not say, hey, the players need to lift? Oh, well, don't worry. We have a rack of dumbbells here. They'll be <laughs> up to 30 pounds. Like that, it is. Oh, man. NCAA is pathetic for that. Yep. Yep. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. And, you know, again, uh, it's it's unfortunately poor leadership is really what it comes down to. And and did Mark Emmert know? No, but but ultimately it's the people he hired and staying on top of these things. And you know, I mean, you're going to be there for three weeks. You have to lift weight. Right. You cannot get away with just like not lifting for three weeks and play at a high level. Yep. All right. Uh, your favorite moment, Rob, in in so far in the NCAA tournament was what? Well, it's you. So last last night, Jason Benetti and I are sitting in our seats at Hinkle Fieldhouse, and Thad Mata walks by. And Thad has obviously been in the news quite a bit with this Indiana discussion. And Coach Mata talked, you know, he, he tapped me on the shoulder, and we talked for like you know, probably a good minute. I, I always really, really liked Coach Mata, and I yeah. really respect him. And we had a good conversation. And I put my headset back on, and literally, I'll say it was seven and a half seconds after that. He'd been in the building for like one minute. There must have been sirens going off in Hingle Fieldhouse. My man, Jeff Goodman, was on. He was on it. You were literally there. And I was like, man, Jeff is, he is ready for the scoop. And that's what makes you do job. You, you were on it. So I, that, was my, that was my best moment. I'm a big thad guy. I'm a big thad guy like like you and and uh you know I've I've kept in touch with him over the last couple of years because I know he was worn down physically and emotionally from everything at Ohio State. And you know, he's been in Florida. He he also I didn't realize like literally he's got a house three miles from Butler. That's where they, they live now. And two both of his daughters go to Butler. I you know, again, I refuted the report out there that that said that um that he had verbally agreed to the Indiana job and failed the physical a complete inaccuracy. Uh, talked with that a minute about that. And, um, you know, was he intrigued? Yeah, he, he, he was intrigued by it, Rob. Um, but ultimately again, I don't think that Mata fits at Indiana at all. At you, all. He's low key. Yeah. You know more about the hiring process for these coaches. Yeah. than you. Is it normal to give a coach a physical, like they're a player? No, no, but that's that probably is different. Okay, yeah, he would be with his health. You know, right? I mean, you looked at him even yesterday. He's got a brace on. He's got drop foot from a surgery he had on his back years ago. Uh, but he he sounds great. I mean, he looks good. Like Thad, if he wants to, if he wants to get back in and work at a at a high level again in recruiting. There were, there were a few better. I mean, shit, he got Greg Oden and Mike Conley and Daquan Cook and a lot of other really good players. Like, Thad was a beast on the recruiting trail back when, when you were coming up, Rob. A beast. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you, you look at that Speech into Heat team that he got. Yeah. Seen every guy, yeah. Eric Gordon, on that squad. 
Yep. You look at some of the other guys he got, like Evan Turner. Now, Evan, he developed Evan really well, too. Evan was, like, in the 50s recruiting right. line. But, like, B.J. Mullins is a big-time get. Yep. You know, Osta Kufus is a big-time get. Um, Jared Sullinger. I, I mean, William Buford. Those those are highly recruited dudes. And, I mean, he's a really good coach, but he, he was a really good recruiter, too, because he always had high-level talent on those Ohio State teams. Let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now is the time. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart? They require, require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. When you win at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, they pay fast. And now it's even faster with rush pay, instant approval for withdrawals. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. I know. Because I've used it. With March Madness uh, right now, there's never been a better time to give Bet Rivers Sportsbook a try. Go to BetRivers.com today or download the Bet Rivers app. Must be uh, 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Rob, let, let's talk a little bit about let's Let's flip it forward here to the Sweet 16. And um, I'm going to ask you first, like, what matchup? Are you most excited to see? I don't. I don't care what you're doing. You know, I know you're doing some games. Uh, I'm not even sure you're doing some games in the in the Sweet 16. I don't know what you got going on. But what what is? <laughs> I never know what you have going on. What what what's your matchup? What's what's the matchup that you are dying to see in this? In this going game? to the Pac-12 for the rematch, uh, USC and Oregon. Wow! You're watching USC last night and watching the second yeah. half of the way Oregon dismantled Iowa. Chris Duarte had it going. And yeah. You talk about the guards they've got, Will Richardson. You match that up against the size of USC. Um, I, that was my first time seeing Evan Mobley in person. What do you think? I was really impressed. I mean, his length is elite. He he got a rebound, took it off the glass, brought it in transition, like made a great move and dropped it off to somebody for a wide open three. Yeah. He just has abilities that – you know, God has given him that you just can't teach. I mean, he's he's seven foot tall. He's got a handle. He's built like Durant was when Durant was coming out. He doesn't have Durant's game. That's not what I'm Chris saying. Chris Bosh. I got the, like, Chris Bosh build a little bit. I, I, yeah, but I, I just think skinny, seven foot. Yep. We yep. Right now. Um, he, he certainly doesn't have the type of game that Durant did because Durant was a two guard coming out and right. still is a two guard. Right. Um, but, man, Evan Mobley's got some gifts. Now, I will say his brother – I didn't know much about him before this weekend, and he yeah. was awesome last night. Getting it on in the post, he made four threes. He set the tone. Isaiah totally. set the tone. So I'm looking forward to to Oregon's guards going up against USC's size. And I mean, USC is enormous. They bring dudes off the bench that are huge. Yeah, yep. so I, I think that'll be a really fun game. You know, for for me again. I would say Mobley is a guy that I don't know if he'll be an NBA star, Rob, but I think he could be a really, really good like piece, like a second or third guy on a on a great team, like down the road. It's going to take time. The biggest yeah. thing that that worried me with him, so I did I did an interview with him preseason. Nicer kid, you're not going to find. I yeah. mean, soft spoken, just sweet, like level. The only thing that worried me was when he told me when he was younger he didn't love the game, and I was just. It scared me, and I had seen him a couple times in AU ball, and he kind of played that way a little bit. He played a little soft. 
he kind of let the game come to him too much. Isn't an animal out there. That's not him. He shows no emotion. Brother does. His brother shows a lot of emotion. He shows none, which is kind of cool in a way, but it worried me. It, it doesn't worry me anymore. Like that kid just, it's effortless for him. I mean, it is he, absolutely effortless. He, he dunked a basketball last night in the game where I swear to God, he didn't have to jump. Like really caught it right here and just. Yeah. Nerf. Yeah. <laughs> no. Crazy. I just I can't understand how you could pick a Pac-12 matchup though. Is your 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 game to like think about that? If I had told you that a oh, month my, ago, two, I've come a long way. You're a Pac-12 <laughs> guy now. You you've yeah. gone from a Big Ten guy to a Pac-12 guy. You've come to the to the the side of 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 us Arizona Wildcats. Unfortunately, Arizona is not one of the uh, Pac-12 teams that are alive because they they had a postseason ban. Well, but I haven't heard you talk Pac-12. One All time. year. I know. Well, it was pretty much irrelevant until today. Part of it is that just they play so late that people don't watch. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I think that. I mean, it makes sense. It's a big part of it. I mean, how many people are staying up till, you know, 1230 on a, whether it's a school night or a work night. Time zone. It is hard. Cause I live in central yeah. time. So like, it's not as bad, right. but if you're right. on East, Earth, East you're it's tough night on some of these games. Um, for me, I think the game to watch for me, I, I still want to see Gonzaga play against somebody good. And, and they're finally going to play against a good team. Are they – is it the Creighton team we thought it would be? Maybe not. But they look pretty good. I mean, you were there. Like, they dismantled Ohio for the most part. They they overmatched Jason Preston. Zagorowski was good. Uh, Mahoney was good defensively. I, here's what I'll say, Rob. If, if – Mitch Ballock can somehow match Corey Kispert, right? Like if Kispert's going to hit four or five threes, we know that. Mitch Ballock's got to do that. He's got to somehow match him from He's the perimeter. A, he needs to shoot the basketball then. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm amazed. And Greg McDermott said this on our Zoom call before one of our games for Creighton here this this weekend. Did I tell him to shoot more all the time? But it just – he. Really? It, Say Mitch Ballack was setting up Marcus Zigorowski in a big time way in those two games. Yeah. I mean, he makes plays for other people. He's not just a catch and shoot dude. It might not look as natural as him shooting the ball, but he can take it to the rim and he'll he'll really move it. He'll advance it. Um, yeah. He's a good player and he's a smart player. But when you've got a flame like that, like when when your jump shot right. is what that is, I mean, you've made three hundred plus threes in your career. You've shot forty every year. I feel like he's had a down year shooting the ball and he's shooting forty percent from three. And be you know, selfish. Be selfish if you're if you're Mitch Ballack. Well, if he'll take enough to match Corey Kisper, because Kisper will he will get enough attempts to make four or five. Yes, he will. You know, Ballack's gotta be more efficient. Obviously, he's not gonna get 12 three-point attempts like Kisper will. But you know, I, I think that's kind of the problem with Creighton a little bit, is it's almost too spread around. Okay. Instead of, hey, here are our guys, everybody else, fill your role. But I think all those guys think they're, like, the best player. And, and to me, I I would – the offense, I would make sure the majority of the shots are coming from Marcus Segarowski and Mitch Bella. Those are those are the strengths of that Creighton team. Mahoney, Bishop, some of those other guys, Jefferson, really good, nice pieces. Boy. But ultimately, I, I don't know. I just – I, I want to see Gonzaga tested. I, I feel like Oklahoma could have tested him if they had Debian Harmon. They didn't. So, Gonzaga, how long has it been? All year? I mean, 
you know, BYU tested him for a while. Yeah, the, the conference championship game. Iowa, that was like so – I mean, that was like December. Uh, right. Virginia, they, I mean, they it, killed everybody. They did kill everybody. They're really good. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I think it's going to be really interesting. If Creighton can punch them in the mouth early, you know, just to kind of see where that goes. Because they do have a lot of offensive firepower. Creighton yeah. can yep. um, All right, biggest um, – let's go with biggest upset for you. Who's it going to be? I've, I left it. We had a comment here. My man said that Hummel pick against Michigan yet, and that, that's what's coming. <laughs> here we you go. Know, I, there's not many upset picks that I like. I, I don't really yeah. – I mean, I don't even know if I believe this. I think Florida State's got great length. If Isaiah Livers was playing, I would not do this, but he's not. Yeah. So because he's not – sorry, Sean. Uh, <laughs> I'm going Florida here we State. Go. And that's partly because you're making me pick one. I'm with you. I, I, I have the same one written down. Without Livers, they're a completely different team. Um, now, again, Chani Brown's been great. He moved, you know, he moves in, gets more minutes. Like, I just think your margin for error is much smaller now. And, and I do worry about Mike Smith against big, strong, athletic, physical dudes all over the court. Like, he's been great this year. But, again, Florida State, they can just eat you up uh, defensively, and they can make shots. So I I just think, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough one. I think we're going to go into an Elite Eight without a uh, a Big Ten team at the end of the day. And and, uh, uh, All right, your your favorite individual matchup of this uh, Sweet 16 is what? I'm going to go back to to Creighton and Gonzaga and the point guard matchup. Zigorowski was – awesome down the stretch um he made so many plays against ohio same way against uc santa barbara he, he was really good there but you look at jalen suggs i mean talk about two really big time point guards that's that's my matchup to watch i'm i'm looking forward to that so you know what mine is i got a good one what's that uh villanova baylor jeremiah robinson earl against mark vital vital i love it like think about it like the the I don't want to call him soft because Jeremiah is not soft, but he's skilled. You know, like he looks the part of a pro, right? You know, he can he can step out, he can make shots, he can score in the post, great footwork, super skilled, all that. And you got Mark Vidal, who like does not look the part at all. Just an absolute warrior. Uh, doesn't want to shoot the ball. Just runs around setting screens on offense and, and getting offensive rebounds. And on defense, he's an absolute maniac. Uh, I can't wait for that. Like, it's just going to be a, a contrast of styles. And maybe the matchup that honestly decides the game. We're going to talk a lot about guard play in that matchup. And, and Baylor's obviously, their guards are terrific. Going up against a Villanova team that won't have a, a real natural point guard. But I think it. I, I think it's, it's Jeremiah Robinson Earl because ultimately Villanova runs so much through him at, at that big man spot without – Colin Gillespie. So um, 2021 is looking up. New beginnings means new opportunities to grow your business. If part of your strategy is adding new members to your team, LinkedIn Jobs finds the right person quickly. To make things better, your first job post is free. Look, and I can I can understand if 2020 was tough for a lot of businesses. We know that. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you had to make cuts to your staff to get through the pandemic. Now you're looking to add some people back to work 
but you want to make sure that the candidates you hire are the best fit for your business. Let LinkedIn help with that. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 722 million members worldwide. Getting started easier than ever. New features to help you find qualified candidates and do it quickly. Post a job with targeted screen questions. LinkedIn will quickly get your role in front of more qualified candidates. Manage job posts and contact candidates from a single view on the familiar LinkedIn.com as functions you streamline onto one simple screen. Now you can do all this from your mobile device, no matter what the day takes you. That's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the right person faster. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. And now you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash good. Again, that's linkedin.com slash good to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Also, hey, I got to tell you about uh, Bracket Fanatics. Awesome. I don't know if you've been in it. I, I know, Rob, you signed up. It, it's not too late to get your group together and sign up for Bracket Fanatics. You can you can bet on uh, games. You can talk shit to, to your friends throughout the tournament. It's the only social betting app that can manage your bracket and bracket pool, also allowing you to send and accept bets each round and each game with the players in your group. Uh, here's how it works. Bracket commissioners determine the rules, the entry fee, the payouts, all that stuff. Uh, it ensures funds are collected from each player, distributes them to the winners once the tournament's over. Plus, they have real-time leaderboards to track the wins, points earned, and standings for your back bracket group. I'm not doing so great in mine. Uh, you've tried Yahoo. Give Bracket Fanatics a try. It's the next generation of social betting. Plus, it is free to use. So, again, you can do it now. Before the Sweet 16, you can go in and do a different one. Uh, get everybody together. Sign up. BracketFanatics.com. Don't forget to use that code MADNESS to be entered into their $1,000 giveaway awarded at the end of the tournament to the player with the most wins throughout the dance. Only those using the code MADNESS will be entered. So tap in and join the fun. Uh, all right, your, your, your final four picks, your revised final four picks, which we both need to do. And uh, if, we, if we do it again, the same damn picks, I don't think we should be allowed to. Um, you know, I think we're both probably sticking with Gonzaga and Baylor. Because we had them from the get-go. Who are the other two? All right, so it's wide open in the Midwest, Rob. Like super wide open. I could see people going with any of those four. Loyola, Oregon State, Syracuse, or Houston. And by the way, I don't think uh, we're going to get uh, Tinkle and Hinkle this week. I, I don't know. Is is he in Tinkle or is he at, at um, Tankers? I'll have, to, uh, I'll have to check. We can only hope. That, that might determine whether I take Oregon State or not. Dude, I don't know. I, I I've got it down to Houston or Loyola coming out of the Midwest. I, I'm gonna go. You've seen Houston. I have. I think they're gonna crush Syracuse on the glass with yeah. that two zone. I think they are going to feast, and they're not a great shooting team, right. which means they're gonna have plenty of opportunities to get there. Um, outside of Quentin Grimes and, and Marcus Sasser when he's on, I'm gonna go Houston. And I'm going to go Bama, which I'm sure makes you and Dowster so happy. But <laughs> This is the greatest thing ever, that you're picking Bama after this whole year to go to the Final Four. I've always said that I like Nate Oates and his squad. Fantastic. Fantastic. Here's, you look at the bracket, and I had Texas. Yeah. I mean, it would, be, it would be Florida State or Alabama. I'm going to go Bama for you guys. All right. Um... Hold on, I'm, I'm just 
I would say for me, um, I'm going, I think I'm going Loyola Chicago, Rob. After watching them the other night, it's hard not to. Up so I they're so disciplined and uh defensively they were so good and I, their pieces fit together. Again, I think it would be a, a great matchup against Houston because of their toughness and, and again their their ability to rebound. But I don't know, there's something about this Loyola team that, that again, good guards, like nobody great. But, like, everybody's capable on this Loyola team of, of making a key shot. Defensively, they're really hard to score against, obviously. We've seen that all year. But, but again, when you see it up close, um, it's different than when they do it in the Valley. Like, when they're doing it in the Valley against, even if it's Drake, who was a good team, obviously, this year, it's just different than when you see them do it against Illinois. And they're just – I mean, they were getting by Iowa whenever they wanted they were taking this ball all the time too. I, I was shocked. I was it really was amazing. I only got yeah. to watch half because I, I I was doing something. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it's a good pick. I, I was literally like toss up Houston Loyola. So surprising. All right, um, let's before we get going here, let's let, let's hit on Indiana and Marquette. We don't have to hit in, in, in the other ones, but like Indiana and Marquette are the two big ones. You also have DePaul. In Utah, you know, I'll mention a few names for DePaul and Utah, uh, which are basically uh, Dennis Gates is in the mix. Kenny Payne is in the mix for DePaul. They're going to cut it down. They did cut it down today to about three, four candidates. Uh, Utah's Alex Jensen is interviewing today, former Ute star who's an assistant with the Jazz, who everybody raves about. I've talked to a lot of people who have worked with them, players and in, in, uh, in, uh, guys in the, in the front office. But let, let's go to Indiana. Um, like, all right, Thad Mata, out of, the, out of the equation now. The name that you've heard the most is Mike Woodson, the 62-year-old former Indiana star who's been in the NBA, hasn't been ultra-successful in the NBA. But the, the, the question is, because of Juwan Howard, is it okay now? Is it like, okay, Scott Dolson, their AD, says, all right, like Juwan Howard did it. We're going to do it with one of our own, and, and it's going to work out. Like, I just think Juwan Howard was the outlier. Yeah. Like, he's the outlier, and people know who he is, Rob. That's the other difference is nobody knows who Mike Woodson is outside of Bloomington, Indiana. Nobody. Nobody cares. Juwan Howard. NBA fan, you would know who Mike Woodson is if you follow the NBA closely. Barely. Barely. I follow the NBA closely. I know who he is. But I'm not going – no kid knows who Mike Woodson really is. How's that? No kid – Who's making a decision? But Juwan Howard, where he's on an iconic team that culturally right. is a lot of things in college athletics. And I, I will say, just from my time briefly in the NBA, Mike Woodson is very highly thought of as a, as a, a basketball mind and assistant coach. You know, he was out um, in LA for a long time and certainly with, had head jobs with Atlanta and, and New York. And I, I think. The basketball is like his basketball acumen is not the issue. It's always how can you recruit, right. you know. And I guess if you're going to hire Mike Woodson, part of the problem I would see is that I think Indiana's fan base, while they would be happy that a player is back, they would like that. Yeah. But they're looking for the fences, and they, they want a name like Brad Stevens or Chris Beard or, you know, some. Of yeah. The, well, the know, Brad Stevens thing didn't work out. Yeah. No, I know. Um, 
They so thought it was. Your, your boy Titus. Your boy. Your boy Titus was all over that Brad Stevens deal, huh? He was all on. He was all in on that. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to ask him about it when I see him at the Final Four. Um, <laughs> I will say, if you're going to hire Mike Woodson, and you know, from a basketball standpoint, he's an alum. Great. He's yeah. certainly qualified with his NBA resume. I, I think you've got to bring some assistants who are like a Phil Martelli. Yeah. You're going to have to load your staff up with people who totally know recruiting, um, understand the college game, because it is like two different sports. The NBA is not comparable to college basketball. And for Juwan Howard, it has worked out, and it's worked out incredibly well. Um, but I just, you know, I, I think that the biggest thing is if you're going to hire an NBA guy who's never coached in college, that staff better be loaded up. Indiana's going to have to pony up some – and they will. I, I think they totally will. But they they have to really – pay some assistance to come in and, and be a big part of that. So I, I've been told, uh, one of my sources told me that uh, your boy, Scott Drew, would have some interest in that job. Really? From Indiana. From Indiana. Well, why wouldn't he? He's from Indiana. I know he's got Baylor going. What what pressure does he have at Baylor? None. He's, but, but He's got the number But it's one. hard to keep it going, Rob. It's hard. Now, again, it's not like Indiana is, you know, 1976 Indiana. I'm not even saying that, but the pressure cooker that Bloomington, Indiana is. Did Archie Miller look happy at the end of this year, this year? Did Archie look- Miller was never, hey, he was never built for Bloomington. He was, ne- now, we, I screwed up. I love Scott Drew, but do you yeah. think that he wants the negative? If you're not winning, does he want that? When if you're not winning at Baylor and you lose in the first round of the tournament, sweet. No big deal. No big deal. No big deal. I don't think so. Yeah. I, mean, I, I really think highly of Scott, obviously. And I'm not saying he couldn't win there. I just don't see why you would leave. So if you are – if you're Scott Dolson, then, why wouldn't you look – and, again, maybe there's some parallels people would think there are to a mid-major plus guy uh, hiring him, like Archie Miller hire Porter Moser. Here's what I'll say. Here's the big difference is – I think Archie Miller's a really good coach, and I think he was close. Again, if, if they had had McKinley Wright, and I don't know if you knew this, but they couldn't take McKinley Wright because Tom Crean had oversigned. Oh. So that's why they had him signed at Dayton, couldn't take him with him because they didn't have a scholarship for him. If wow. they had McKinley Wright on that team, Rob, Archie Miller's still the head coach at Indiana. Let's be honest. Yeah. Right? Totally. McKinley Wright's a – like an all-time great at Colorado. I mean, you know, yeah. So the, the the margin for error is so small sometimes between, again, winning and losing. Um, look at Baylor's team. I mean, I'll, I'll tweet out my story from a couple months ago, a month ago, of how all those guys landed there. And you had a bunch of, of guys that weren't recruited. You know, Flagler had zero division – one division one scholarship offered at Presbyterian where he went. You know, Davion Mitchell barely played at Auburn when he went. Like, it was just – it was a collection. Macy Oteague, one offer um, to, to UNC Asheville when, when he came out of high school. So, again, there's – I would say this. I think Archie Miller, again, getting back to him, was a good coach. But he, he does not fit Bloomington. He fit Ohio State. He didn't want to be in a fishbowl. He didn't want – he just wanted to coach ball. So Porter Moser has has a personality, Rob, that fits Bloomington. He's upbeat. He's social. 
everybody likes Porter Moser who, who, who talks to him. So I would go Porter Moser over Mike Woodson 101 days out of 100, personally. Like, it's a no-brainer. I would go Chris Beard. I would go Scott Drew. I would go all of them over, over Mike Woodson. I don't think Mike Woodson is Juwan Howard. I think that would be a disastrous hire unless, 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 unless he hires some a phenomenal staff. Like, if he could pull, like, Dane Fife and Mike Lewis, two former Indiana guys who are at Michigan State and UCLA, and bring them back with a veteran head coach, then, okay, I'm in. But I wouldn't have faith that he'd be able to do that. Yeah, no, I, I totally am with you. I, don't you think, though, that if Indiana hired Porter Mosier, that it would be like, here we go again. We just tried this with Archie Miller at Dayton. and Again, yeah. different personality. Different personality. Talking about the Indiana fan base in general. When you look but at – who cares about the press conference? No, the I press know. conference is garbage. Oh, you're right. You're right. But I do feel like there is, like, when you make a hire – you want it to make a splash. You want it to be like if Brad Stevens comes to Indiana, all of a yeah. sudden. But who else? Who else? You're not getting Tony Bennett. You're not getting Mark Few. You tried those years ago. That didn't work. You know, like who are you getting? You know, for me, Chris Beard would be the other guy I would probably give a blank check to. And a lot of people would say, well, he just lost in the first round of the tournament in the second round of the tournament to Arkansas. Yeah, but he, I mean, the Duke can coach. He actually fits Bloomington in a lot of ways. You know, like Lubbock to Bloomington isn't as, as crazy as, as a lot of moves to be made. So I, I don't know. I mean, again, Beard, Scott Drew, uh, guys like that, I would I would make a run at. Porter Moser, certainly. You know, I hope Scott Dolson is doing his, his due diligence here and, and really working to see – who, who he can get. Like, maybe there's somebody else who's unhappy at their spot. I mean, I got no problem with him taking a swing at Brad Stevens. No problem whatsoever. And, again, Brad, the, I mean, the best quote he gave. Did you hear his quote to me when I asked him? Yeah. It was so good. He was like, he's like, listen, you know, as a kid, it, it's different. When I'm a kid, you know, he basically said, I'm not a kid anymore. You know, when I was a kid, I was a big Indiana fan, and things have changed. Now I'm a 44-year-old masshole who drives, swerve all over the road. I, I drink, you know, I go to Dunkin' Donuts and root for the Patriots. I, I did see that. Okay. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, all right, pretty what, good. this? I'll throw this out at you. Is there yeah. any chance that Dolson gives Rick Pitino a call? Is that, a, is that even in the stratosphere? Is that, like, so insane that – His buyout's like $10 million. And Iona? You need somebody else. Yeah, his buyout at Iona is crazy. Because, again, he was at the point where, like, he didn't think he'd ever coach college again. So, for him, it was like, hey, whatever the buyout, I don't care. Just let me coach college. I don't want to go back to Greece. Right. You know, and that was his boy. He's got some close people at Iona. Now, the one place that I think he could go to is if a move is made at South Florida with Brian Gregory – He's boys with the, the guy who owns Outback, who's one of the biggest boosters down there at South Florida. He could pay the buyout. Like, if he wants Rick Pitino, and maybe Mark Cuban could. Listen, I don't think he would. But but who knows? At this point, if they went to him and said, hey, Rick Pitino, will you pay the $10 million buyout or whatever it is right now? Maybe Mark Cuban's like, yeah, hell yeah. To get Indiana relevant again? 
I mean, shit, Rick Patino played with Nate Oates with a bunch of a bunch of dudes. He put in a walk, not a I don't know if it was a walkout or what. I'm telling you, it was like me going out there. And the dude played like big minutes against Alabama. It was good. He can really coach. That's not debated. Like there's no question about that. He's listen, if I'm an Indiana fan, yeah, hell yeah, I'd take Rick Patino. Yeah, no, I was just saying, would there be I mean, is there backlash? Is there a you know, yeah, this backlash. Is there a realistic possibility that that phone call gets made? Is what I'm asking. I don't see it. I don't see it. I see it more more realistic that they go like a John Beeline route. But again, Beeline. The other part with Beeline is some of the comments he made on his way out in Cleveland. Let's face it. Like Beeline can coach. We know that. But but Colin, right? Didn't he call him thugs? Something like that. Right? Yeah. Wasn't Something good. like that. Yeah, and, and he says he didn't mean it or whatever. He meant some other word. Hugs or something? No, I don't think it was hugs. Uh, but anyway, you know, Beeline right now, bringing him back isn't so easy either. And and also, like, John Beeline's like 68 years old. Like, I'm not sure he's right for Indiana. Indiana had to say, if we're going to pay $10 million for Archie Miller to not coach our team, we have to have a pretty good beat on somebody that's going to come say yes, right? Otherwise, uh, yes. we're not going to be able to get these guys – let him coach one more year, and then we'll buy him out for $3 million next year. That makes zero sense to me. Yeah, I think there's just the pressure. Here's the other problem. You wonder how much you have to kiss the ass of all the former Indiana players. And I don't think Archie was that. Archie was never a guy that was going to, like, bring in everybody. Like, I think he had a good relationship with a lot of the players, but that wasn't going to be him. Like, just like it's not Sean Miller at Arizona. Good relationship with some of the former players, but, like, not going to be a guy who's like super touchy feely and like calling everybody. How you doing? Come on out! Like that's not him. Porter Moser that are doing that. Like, oh, there's guys. There's guys that. I, I mean, come on. Matt Painter doesn't call you all the time. You know, come back. It, we we text a good amount, but like he's not like overwhelming. Like he's not calling every day to see how I'm doing. Nor should he be. Well, but I, but I, the Indiana contingent, the former players, have a lot of juice there, right? Like. The Quinn Buckners of the world have some pop there. You want to make sure that they're happy with you. And I wonder how much when when it gets down to kind of you know nut cutting time, like you got to have those guys on your side when it when it's going to be close, right? And that's what it was for Archie Miller. And you wonder how much of the the former guys just said, you know what, I'm I'm not standing. Where they're doing it with Sean Miller, the only reason he's surviving right now. It's because the money people, the boosters, love them. There's two big money people at Arizona, and they want him there still. And obviously that wasn't the case at Indiana. I will say, when you talk about those players having juiced Indiana, I was watching A.J. Guyton's podcast that, that you guys yeah. do. He does a really good job, and he's got Quinn Buckner on there. And they were talk- it was a clip that I saw on Twitter. And they were talking about having an alumni reunion or game or – which at Purdue, we have one every two years. And, and it's easier for us because we have had two coaches in 40 seasons, right? Like, there is a serious, like, just Aunt. continuity yeah. that Purdue has had, and that makes it much easier. But, you know, AJ's bringing this up, and I was so surprised because Quinn Buckner was like, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't have a problem with that. And it's like, <laughs> what do you mean? Right. What you- <laughs> like, what it there? It's just there's such a disconnect there. It seems like from guys that played yeah. for 
in in the 80s and then guys that played for Coach Knight in the 2000s and then everybody after that just kind of gets fractured in there. But I, I was just so shocked that he's asking a former player if it is basically okay to have a player's reunion. Why would it not be? You know? Amazing. That's the so- dumbest thing ever. It, it sounds ridiculous, Rob. Beyond ridiculous of like, get everybody together. You're all Indiana guys, whether you played for Knight, whether you played for Crean, whoever the hell you play with. Oh, same place. Why would you right. not want to? I don't know, get it. I really, that really stood out to me because of how different it is compared to the other state school in, in Indiana. Yeah. Uh, Marquette. We'll end on Marquette. And uh, I think Porter Moser is heavily in the equation here. In fact, if I'm a betting man, I would say Porter Moser is the coach at Marquette um, in, in in a couple weeks. I don't have any inside knowledge to that, but I, I just feel like it fits. Um, you know, that's a job that I'm told he has uh, he has long uh, really uh, thought was a, a a job, one of the best jobs in the Big East. They've got incredible resources, fan base that that, that is absolutely. Um, backs its its teams and its players and you know again good like to me it's the right time to take it over because Wojo didn't win a tournament game in seven years I think Porter again he's different than Wojo he's different than most guys like again I don't know Porter super well but I know a lot of people who know Porter super well and again he's that glass half full guy all the time but he's got super energy so I think that helps with the recruiting. And again, like, you know, Beeline, Porter Moser, Shaka is from Wisconsin. I don't know if Shaka can get Marquette at this point. I almost think, you know, the way he could get it is if, like, Porter somehow ends up at, at Indiana and Shaka finds a landing spot from Texas. Has he had it? And like, Or he's going to get fired? I, I don't know at this point. I mean, again, there's a chance after losing that game against Abilene, there's no worse way for the season to go than that because you build up the expectations, right? right? You win, you win, you win. You're supposed to go to everybody's picking you the final four. And then you lose to a team that you had no business losing to. So the only thing that saved you the last couple of years, Robbie, is your buyout. And now the buyout's reasonable enough that they can make a move if they want. Yeah, that, that would be – Wow. Yeah, that would be crazy. Who who else would would be a dark horse like a, a Dennis Gates, Wes Miller? Uh, yeah, those- I, I think Dennis Gates is involved at DePaul along with again Kenny Payne. Those are two names. I think it'll be one of those two if I had to guess that, that gets it. Kenny Payne's an interesting one for DePaul yeah. because you know he was an assistant at Kentucky when Dwayne Peavy, their AD. Um, was was a senior associate at Kentucky. Now he's he's at DePaul making the call here. Kenny Payne's now with the Knicks. He's got a big buyout, I'm told. But again, if, if you're Leon Rose and World Wide West, that's your boy. Don't you just let him go? Like you're gonna really hold him to a buyout at this point. I, I know you want him because he they're 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 banking on the fact that Kenny Payne will help you get, you know, free agents to, to New York. Devin Booker Carl Anthony Towns, because everybody loves Kenny Payne. Everybody. You will not hear a bad word about him. So, anyway, I think Dennis Gates, yeah, could he be in the mix at Marquette? Yeah, I think he's probably down or wrong. Again, I, I think it's Porter Moser and then 
a few other people underneath. If, if John Beeline takes a job, do you have to have like a succession plan in place from the time you hire him? No, you don't have to. Five, I, think, I think you, if you're going to hire Beeline, you better hire him at some place that already has some talent. And you better hire him knowing that, yeah, you, 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 want, to, you want to get it back up. Like Indiana, honestly, in a way, wouldn't be the worst place. I don't think so. I think I just think you're going to be looking for another coach in a couple of years. He's going to be that guy that gets it to a point where you're winning enough, you're going to the tournament enough, and then you're going to be able to hire a better coach next time around, and he's going to have an easier job. Go like we're hiring John Beeline. Dane Five um, is our lead yeah. assistant. We're going to hand it off to him when Coach Beeline decides. Yes. Yeah, and Dave Fife would do that in two seconds. I mean, you're telling me Fife wouldn't go as a coach in waiting? Oh. In a heartbeat, he would. Like, I actually think if you're going to go Mike, Mike Woodson, go Dane Fife. Absolutely go Dane Fife over Mike Woodson. Ten out of ten days for me. Because at yeah. least he knows the college landscape. He'll bring in, like you said, he'll bring in a veteran on the bench with him. He knows who to hire as assistants. That's half the battle. Half the battle is knowing who to hire. And Mike Woodson's going to rely on somebody else. And who knows who that somebody else will be. All right. Well, listen, we've uh, we've gone at it long enough here. Uh, we've covered a little bit of everything. And uh, certainly been a, uh, a, a, a good show so far. Uh, we will... Uh, we'll make sure we, we uh, do this again, Rob. What's your schedule like coming up? Uh, I'm doing the D2 National Championship game for Westwood on Saturday. Yep. Got an Elite Eight game on Monday and an Elite Eight game on Tuesday. So I'll be back. Uh, well, all right, Rob, listen, uh, good luck uh, in, uh, in what you got going on here. And I'll see you back in uh, Indy. It was good seeing you, by the way. It had been way too long. Dude, I know. COVID has made it a long time, so. I almost there. tackled that on on the way to on the way to talk to you. I almost tackled that. I, I I felt bad, but like you were secondary. When I saw that, it, it was like a, you weren't even in the picture. You were Usain Bolt coming over. I was quick. <laughs> I, I hope you saw my speed. I did. I saw your speed. You're gonna see it. You're gonna see it in the off season when I kick your ass and spike ball and everything else we got going on. Hell of a spike ball player. You probably are. You. you, you you know, those long arms, those long arms, and that, that 19 and a half inch vertical. Whenever we play, I'll play, dominate, whatever. All right, we'll talk soon. Everybody, uh, make sure you come back next week, and we'll, uh, we, we might, we might have a couple next week. We'll see what we can do. Maybe, maybe get on a good guest or so, and uh, we'll figure it out.